Welcome back to the Madonna Get Together podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and we have River back. Welcome back, River. Hey, guys. Oh, thank you. It's great to be back. Hello, everybody. We spent a lot of time talking about uh, the Like a Virgin album, right. and I think it was only proper that I brought you back so that we could talk about the Virgin tour. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it came at you know the height of her success. It was mm-hmm. um, her first tour for the very first time she was on the road on a nationwide tour and it was really exciting because she kept selling out venues and uh i think she originally was supposed to do europe and japan because she had a lot of fans there too Mm -hmm. up and coming but um you know the the demand in the u.s just got so extreme that they started adding more dates to the u.s and putting her in bigger venues than she was originally supposed to do yeah i initially heard that she was supposed to be doing like a world tour and then it just ended up being the united states right um i think that maybe a lot of had to do with it i think what had to do with it was her wedding upcoming wedding uh that summer so i think she decided i don't know for sure but maybe she decided you know she didn't want something or could do something that big because you know that would require more more time away from planning for the wedding. Right. right. So that may have had something to do with it. That makes sense. Um, the Beastie Boys opened up for her, which was yes. a kind of different choice, um, considering her fans were more into kind of pop music. Um, but she decided she wanted the Beastie Boys. She liked them. They were different. Um, but they got booed a lot of the times when... Yeah, and I think they perform for her. I think I'm not for certain, but I think that the Beastie Boys were part of like the New York Fanteria crowd, and I think that was kind of like her way of, uh, you know, paying it forward, so yeah. to speak. And were the Beastie Boys on Sire, or were they Warner Brothers, or in that umbrella? I can't remember. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a huge Beastie Boys fan. Do with it, um, yeah. I haven't even, I couldn't even tell you offhand without researching, but that might have something to do with it too. Yeah, uh, a lot of the the crowd that you know were coming to see her shows, um, well, they were the teenage girls, the teenage crowd. They were more into like pop music and what was going on, you know, on top forty. And so I think that in the Beastie Boys not having those top forty kits and everything, it just it didn't gel well with that demographic so i think right that's and i think they only had like one song that was really popular yeah. the fight for your right to party song um and i'm sure that's if any kind of uh, madonna fan was in the audience that's probably the only song they'd want to hear and not hear anymore <laughs> um but before we jump into the tour i know that we talked about the like a virgin album and we kind of mm-hmm. talked about the surrounding um songs that came out with that and something kind of uh, triggered in my mind when I was editing our podcast mm-hmm. um, and brought me back to something DJ Joey and I talked about during the Immaculate Collection episode was that um, during the Immaculate Collection, Crazy For You was re-released as a single. And we're kind of like, oh, that was an odd choice. Why would they do that? And then yeah. when you and I were talking, we were talking about how Crazy For You was released on Geffen Records. So my thought was like, oh, that makes sense now. 
uh, Warner Brothers wanted to capitalize on releasing Crazy For You as a single from the Immaculate Collection because Warner Brothers would collect money from that, not Geffen. Yeah, yeah, and I think, too, that uh, M wanted to have probably some more control in that um, mm-hmm. because it would be released on her label, so she would have more more control over that, that song and probably you know, royalties or anything like that that may have had something to do with it because it was a re-release. Yeah, and um, they also they also titled it as a remix, even though it wasn't yeah. really a remix. But it, I think it was just like a, a re-edit that yeah. Shit Pettibone did. But it wasn't. I mean, it was really just the song. They just it just faded out quicker. Mm-hmm. I guess I was well, I was reading. Um, I told you we were texting. I I told you that I I read Seymour uh, Stein's book Siren Song. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does mention in there that um, that. Warners didn't, what did he say something about Warners didn't want it released? And they really fought on that because they didn't want Geffen to release it. And he said that was kind of a big, big deal with that. So it's an interesting yeah. book if uh, you fans are uh, interested uh, in the reading about Seymour Stein. I think it's amazing. So uh, it's definitely worth it. Can you say the title of the book again? It's called Siren Song. Okay, well, now that I've been distracted for that, let's come back to the tour um, and just talk a, a little bit more about that. Uh, Patrick Leonard was the musical director. Um, that was recommended by Freddie DeMann. And I thought it was, it, it's always weird because um, in the beginning of Madonna's career, because she wanted to kind of be that powerhouse and be that superstar, she always went after Michael Jackson's people. Because um, I believe Freddie DeMann managed uh the jackson five and patrick leonard was just coming off the victory tour before freddie hit him up to say hey i want you to be the musical director for madonna's virgin tour Mm -hmm. um and he originally didn't want to do it because he was tired but um he had a conversation with madonna and then madonna uh, then he was kind of convinced and that's that's basically how their relationship started which i thought was kind of cool I don't know if I read somewhere that he'd actually like met some Madonna for dinner and she decided to hire him. So it could have very well been Freddie's idea. I just don't really know for sure whose idea it was. Yeah. But, oh, but it was definitely a good choice. I'm sure he was exhausted after the victory, the victory for sure. Yeah. And she has Jonathan Moffat on drums, who is also oh, known for playing voice. with, he's also playing, he's known for playing with Michael Jackson. Yes. I'm a big fan of Sugar Fritz. Um, definitely well aware of who he is. Uh, Paul Pesco on guitar, mm-hmm. who is amazing, who we see again on the Girly Show tour, uh, who ironically also plays with, he now plays with John Hall from Hall and & Oates. And I remember oh. we talked about Hall & Oates on our previous episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. There's a connection. The connection never stops with Madonna. Yep, she's touched so many people, not just like us fans, but you know, she she works with so many great different artists and creators, musicians. So I don't think there's anybody. I don't think you could throw a pebble and not hit somebody that's worked with her. Yep. Um, and her brother Chris got downgraded from a dancer to her dresser. <laughs> which um he he never likes to acknowledge he, he well it wasn't until he wrote He's that book by it. 
Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, I think he, I think he probably felt a little miffed that like, Hey, I used to be dancing background for her. And now all of a sudden, all I'm doing is dressing her. And I got replaced by two other people. You know, I just think it's because that's his sister and it kind of felt degrading to him to have to pick up her sweaty underwear and wipe her sweaty boobs off and, you know, and listen to her just lay into him. Cause I'm sure she did. I mean, all performers are like that. And he's going to talk shit to you. And he said in his book, she used to say some mad shit to him. So, you know, I mean, he had to put up with the verbal abuse and all that. So I think for right. him, he was like, on the one hand, I want to be here for my sister because she doesn't want some stranger touching her and, you know, wiping her off to, this is humiliating. This is my sister, you know? Yeah. Um. So as we get into talking about the tour, just something for our listeners. Some people might know it. Some people might not know it. Um, but on the the concert film that was released, um, there are some missing songs from the home video release. Um, so as we go through this, we're going to go through the actual uh, set list. Okay. Yes. Um, that we'll talk through. And then the ones that have video elements to it, we will talk about you know what we thought of the performance and everything. Um, but on the ones that don't have a video to go with it um there are actually home video or someone snuck in a camcorder to some of these uh concerts and filmed the entire thing um but of course it's not professional it's it's she looks very fuzzy and blurry because these people are in the nosebleeds filming this concert um but it's it's still great to see because up until a few years ago or up until youtube existed no one saw that footage. It was very hard to get a hold of that footage. Um, And I have a couple of CD bootlegs from the Chicago show and one from the uh, LA show. Um, But the Detroit show is the one that a lot of people probably recognize the most because that's the one that was filmed for the home video release. Now, did you attend this tour? No, um, she did actually. She was... um, she was actually in St. Paul um, for that tour, but it sold out so quick. I don't think, uh, yeah. you know, and I don't think we were financially able to attend that tour, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, it just, I, I remember them advertising it, the concert on all the stations and, you know, building that hype. And, um, you know, so I'm sure, I'm sure it sold out. Yeah, I can only imagine. It, she was I- that popular. So, yeah, she was up at the Civic Center. I believe she performed in Richmond, Virginia also, um, which is the only time she's ever come to Richmond, Virginia. Um, She's never come since, probably because our stadium or our arena is dilapidated. Um, It's never, it was never good for acoustics. And they've even shut it down now that like no events can be held there. Um, but they did film some scenes for Walking Dead there. Oh, nice. That's kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, so one of the things that we know is the introduction for the tour is not part of the home video release. So there was this whole kind of like gearing up. Um, there's a lot of drumming and bass and playing. And sh- they play like a line from stay where she says don't be afraid it's going to be all right they just use that vocal and then she kind of does this dress you up in my love and then she just kind Mm -hmm. of like and then all of a sudden it goes into the 
the it goes uh, into that. Uh, uh, uh. And then on the home video release, there's this whole like intro. It's in black and white. She looks very demure. It's, she's very done up, very um, material girl. Very, yeah, very nostalgic looking. Like, like yeah. she's a, like like it's a, a 1940s star. period piece. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting um, um, that you mentioned that intro uh, because I know I just read recently that M actually wanted a proper intro um, mm-hmm. to be added to that. And so she had Jamie Foley uh, film it. So that was done on the side so that they could film it so it would be part of that. That's how and she that's, wanted it released. And it's the famously, I went to New York, I wanted right. to become a really big star, I worked really hard, and my dream came true. That whole yep. like intro that we're all familiar with. Um, but then it goes straight into the concert. The whole, the the four beats. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and and Dress You Up was... You know, I love the song because it's such a strong opener. Uh, it really just gets the crowd's attention, and you just see them pop yeah. right up out of their seats. And I think so. I think that's pretty much what she was going for: was a good, yeah. strong opener uh, to get the fans pumped. And we'll talk more about this as we move forward. But I will say, like this whole concert is on a high note the entire time. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like. It's high energy the entire time, even during, Definitely. even during the ballad, even during Crazy for You. It's high energy the whole time. Um, but yeah, that opening and it looks really great because they shot it on thirty-five millimeter film, um, which means it can be. I feel like it can be um, up converted to four K if they wanted to. Uh, oh, yeah. Warner Brothers, if you're listening, Madonna, if you're listening. Yes, um, please do. And I love it. The only, the only criticism is if I have any room to give criticism for this is the bangs. I don't know what happened. There's other uh, periods of this tour where she has long hair and it's kind of swooped back. I, I think I read somewhere that she just kind of got frustrated with her hair um, that she just cut her bangs and she gave herself like these baby doll bangs, and that's my <laughs> own, like. I haven't heard that. No. I if oh. if you've seen some other um, video footage, if you go out to YouTube, you'll find some news footage where they filmed her in different cities, where her hair looks a little bit different. Um, but yeah, these bangs. I mean, I don't know. It just kind of makes her look a little crazy. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just love that about her because she. You just don't really don't know with her because. You know, she's such an eccentric person and she's such a creative person and and she just doesn't give a fuck. If she feels like cutting her bangs, she's going to cut them. She's not going to think of consequences. And that's just something right. that I love about her. She just doesn't give a fuck. You know, um, yeah. So she feels, and she said that in interviews, you know, I do what I want, when I want. If I want to eat or if I'm hungry and I want to eat, I eat. If I'm thirsty, I drink. And <laughs> same thing goes with everything else, I'm sure. Whatever she wants at that moment in time is going to happen. And um, Dress You Up was great because this was also used as the single video, like the video that they play on MTV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They did – it was a little bit different where um, when they showed the video on MTV, there was this whole opening where it showed like the Madonna wannabes outside the venues before the show. Um, And then they kind of – kicked it into and if you go to youtube there's they actually have a comparison video because the 
the video that they played on MTV and the one from the home video release, if they play them side by side, they sometimes use different angles and different shots, which I thought was interesting. I haven't seen that. I'll have to, I'll have to look yeah. into that. That's interesting. It's, it's really fun. They do it for some other tours too. There's there's ones they've done. Yeah, I've for, seen the Blonde Ambition. Yeah, the Blonde Ambition one where they've done like six yeah. different cities at the same time. Yeah. That looks really cool. And then she goes into Holiday, a great song to follow up. So again, another high energy yep, song. Yep, energy's still there. Yep. Energy's still Definitely. there. And then she gets to a certain point in the song and she stops, which she's kind of known for doing. She does that with Holiday a lot. And then she'll pick it back right back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when she- I, I love the energy. Yeah, and then when she stopped, she you know did the whole "There's no place like home." She says, "I'm gonna start crying," and she puts her hands over her eyes. I'm not sure if she was really crying or if it was just. For I thought I saw but... a little bit, but it could have been her. I saw a little shine when they hit the light, but that uh-huh. could have been her sweating too. So, but yeah, I know what you mean. I I love the audience shots during that. Oh too, yeah, because you see all the Madonna wannabes in their eyes just singing along, you know, having a good time with their fists in the air. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, like when she was like, there's no place like home. She gets totally emotional. Yeah. And, you know, she's back home. She made it. She's somebody, you know. So, yeah, that definitely hit home for her. It's also somewhat of a like a fuck you to, you know, mm-hmm. people that didn't think she'd Yeah, I was never anything. elected the homecoming queen yeah. or anything like that. But I sure feel like one now. Yeah. Yeah. And then right after they do the, the pickup... They go right into into the groove. Another banger, like oh yeah, totally. And they had the tambourines, which was kind of nice. It added a little bit of a you know a different sound to it. Madame X is a tambourine player. Yes, she sure, she sure <laughs> is. I was um I was talking to one of our other listeners, uh, Zorian, and we were saying like she needs to bring it back. She needs to she needs to bring the tambourine back. Mm-hmm. It was sure. great, like the way she's play, she's playing it and dancing with it. Um, she made it kind of like more than just an instrument. It was more like a prop mm-hmm. to her like performance. A performance. Yeah, it was a performance piece. Yeah, totally. Yep, and I totally agree with you. You know, and I, my favorite part is, you know, like when she says, "Are you ready?" Because tonight's your mind, and I'm gonna make the best of my time. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm hot and bothered now, you know, <laughs> that's like the best part. Yeah, that's the best part of that song for me. But yeah, it, it's probably my, one of my favorite performances. Anytime she does that song in any concert or live performance, it's, it's always one of my favorites. And I will say like this, this probably is my favorite performance of this song. Um, mm-hmm. It's just because it's the classic version. She's got great vocals. And she's she's also doing some different things with the vocals. She's, you know, doing some of the harmonies instead of the lead melody, um, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like playing around throughout the song with those vocals. And her vocals are really great here on this song too. Oh yeah, and I imagine that was probably a one or two taker too. I mean, she's known for, you know, uh, thinking that and feeling that her first take is always the best, just like this crazy for you, you know, mm-hmm. was like. She did that in one take, you know. So that was that. That was kind of nice. So yeah, she probably did uh, a lot of the. What I'm thinking is like a lot of it hasn't really sound, sounded like it changed much from the demo. But you know, the version that we heard in Desperately Seeking Susan was her doing the background right. vocals and things like that because it was a demo. So I think that that maybe just sounded right to them. So when they actually did the 
the version that they wanted to release. Right. It sounded similar, but yet it was it, it was glossed over a lot more. And speaking so, of background vocals, so I just want to say this: um, they play her background vocals during the performance, but they show her two male dancers as if they're singing the backup. That's what and I'm like. Thinking. Girl, hold up! Not, they're not singing. Girl, you are not singing those words. That is somebody else. But you know, right? But but you know too, with that, yeah, they're, they're it was throughout the whole concert though. Yeah, when they when they got those microphones, I'm like that's Madonna singing. singing background. That's not you. Right, right. So they're doing that, but I've noticed like with, uh, like in the Blondie Ambition tour, the dancers were singing, uh, too. They just oh yeah, the, during the just, like a prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, like a prayer, and you know, so I think it's part of the part of the show. Part of the performance. I, I mean, I get yeah. it, but it's like, well, one, that's like why Madonna that singing. Make sense, even right? if that wasn't Madonna singing background, those are female vocals, and I know that you guys are not yeah. hearing those notes. But I, I don't no, know. Of course not. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's worth mentioning, though. So yeah, at this point, we're already at a great lineup of songs, and then she goes into everybody with everybody, her box. Yeah. This is my box. It plays music, but it has to be turned on first. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, and you didn't really see her say that in this performance. I wonder if a lot of it was kind of toned down because of that, you know, being in the audience, uh, because it was in Detroit. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to check out like the other yeah. performances in different cities that she's done in of the tour. Just to see like the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I've just seen a down version or a toned down version. Yeah. Well, I think the home video kind of cuts out a lot of stuff too. And that's another mm-hmm. thing I don't understand is when they start cutting out these songs and some of the talking in between. If you ever listen to um, kind of like the full version of the tour, it's, it's less than an hour and 15 minutes. But on the home video, they kind of um, make Shared it 50 down. minutes. So it's, I, I still don't really understand it. Um, the only thing I can think of is if they wanted to keep it within a certain time frame, they're like, oh, so let's pull these songs out. Or unless Madonna said, I don't like this, just pull it out. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's copyright reasons. I think it's just more of, um, it was either the production for Warner Brothers or something very specific for Madonna. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, or, you know, I can't even recall... Uh, at home um, concerts on, mm-hmm. on VHS back in those days being over 60 minutes. Right. And maybe that was just something that was done with all artists at that time, was keeping everything under an hour. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, you've got DVDs with bonus material and added footage and Netflix and documentaries. Exactly. So oh, which, which we didn't talk more. about, but Madame X is coming out on Netflix, um, at least as a documentary. They haven't, yes. they haven't yeah, mentioned anything about the tour yet or the concert, yeah. but I'm hoping it's not a truth or dare situation um, where they, yeah. where we kind of get a mix of that and that's it. Like, I don't, I really love oh. to see the whole performance of Madame X. It's like the whole performance instead of like a clip of the performance. And exactly. The dancing backstage complaining about something. Yeah, Listen, so she like, already shafted us with Rescue Me during Madame X. Right. Oh, I don't no. want I don't want to get shafted. I don't know if it's because she can't hit those notes anymore or it just didn't fit with, with Listen, the, she can lip sync. Listen, 
I don't care if she lip syncs. <laughs> Just give I know, to me. I love that song. To me, that's one of her most underrated songs. Such a good song. Um, it just didn't get, it didn't get the push that I know, you know, um, justify my love kind of sold itself anyway. Right. Um, Anytime you have Madonna, you know, breathing heavy and moaning, of course that's going (laughs) to sell. It's going to sell itself. Yeah. So, you know, I I think that they, I wish they would have put more, um, leverage behind promoting, uh, it's one of my favorite songs. Um, but back to the virgin tour. Oh, I, what I wanted to point out about everybody is I I don't remember who the bass player is, but the bass is like the best part of this performance. The bass player yeah. is like popping that bass. It's making you feel it. I can only imagine what it felt like in the like arena funky. to feel that, yeah. to feel it yeah. kind of run through you through the loudspeakers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs on the tour. I just like the opening part where she's kind of just undulating to the music. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just love the way her body moves to the music. Any music. Anytime I see her dance, I just love the way her body moves. And that, to me, that's what what captivated me when I watched that uh, performance on the Virgin Tour. And then the next song. Mesmerizing. Mm-hmm is Angel, um, which is missing from the home video release, um, but right. you can find it you know, online and on some of the bootlegs and stuff like that. Um, this was one of the songs that wasn't included. So, you know, you kind of, if it's not there, you don't miss it. But now that you, when you know it's there, it's like, I wish it was, I wish I could have seen this performance, like as part of the home video release. As part of the performance and, and not, wasn't the video that was released just a completion of yeah it was just uh bits of pieces from the tour and her on stage which performing other songs yeah and which i find odd because three of the songs that are missing are singles Mm -hmm. so angel was a single um and i'll i'll go ahead and and give the spoilers for the, the upcoming missing songs but um borderline is missing and Burning Up is Missing. All three of those were singles. And yes. Borderline being a very popular song. Popular, um, very but popular. we'll we'll talk about that as we get further there. Um, but after this goes into kind of like a, um, uh, a missing segue, which is just the band playing while Madonna's backstage changing. And Madonna comes out and gives a killer performance of Gambler. Oh yeah, I love that performance. Love the go-go dancing. Yes, I actually think this is probably my favorite performance of this tour or this concert. I mean, Dress You Up is iconic opener, um, but Gambler to me, I just like, I love the performance. I love though she dances, she's wearing Mm -hmm. this fringe skirt and she's just like shaking it. Um, Oh yeah. And it's just, it's, she's got powerful vocals. It's incredible. Yep, and she looked good, and she was pumped, and you know, uh, I love the energy that she put into that performance. I really did, and like, and I think she was just out there feeding off the crowd, and they were feeding off of her, and mm-hmm. it was such an intimate experience, you know, and, and it just kind of heightened that performance. So yeah, it is, it is probably one of my favorites. Of the, of the and movie. they would use this as a video sometimes on MTV too, as well. Yep, like they'd show this as kind of like the gambler video. Uh, and then the song after that is Borderline, which is missing. Um, again, I don't 
understand why it wasn't included. I'd, I'd love if anyone knows the reason why um, to chime in, but I love this song. I mean, Borderline's one of my favorite Madonna songs. Um, oh, yeah. So it's I'm kind of... It would have been a good performance if you'd seen it. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you find some of the ones that are out there where um, someone brought their camcorder in, like you see, she's, she gives a great performance of this song and her vocals, again, are really good. Yeah, now you really got my interest. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I'll send you some links afterwards. Okay. Um, then we go into Lucky Star. Lucky Star. I love the pinkish like lighting. Mm-hmm. You kind of just, just see her silhouette, and then it, it comes closer, and she looks just so gorgeous. I also love at the end of this song, um, she does this thing where she like, shakes her hip she shakes her hips like really slowly and she looks back yeah. at the crowd like as the song is has these synth and guitar yeah she gives like that smirk yeah oh yeah that yeah that was a good one i like it i mean she looked good she performs the song I, every time she performs this song again it's another one same thing i loved it when she performed lucky star and who's that girl too so mm-hmm. um i just always get this tingly feeling when she performs the song i just Something about how she does it live. Yeah. And the crowd just goes crazy, you know. And, and I think that's what, what gets hits me going because like the crowd goes crazy and kind of just even watching from home, you just get that feeling of like you're there and yep. you can feel that surge of power. It's that energy. Yep, definitely. Um, so the next is the only ballad during the concert, and that's crazy for you. And she and she says, "Mind if I sit down?" And so yeah, she sits down for <laughs> so coyly. Yeah, this is the only one where I say her vocals are a little like questionable at times. Um, I think yeah, because it's emotion coming through. It's emotion. You know? It's nerves. It's it's like, it, you know, at this point in time, this is the only ballad she's really known for, to the public. Yeah. Um, she's had she did have a couple of ballads on. Like a Virgin album, but this one mm-hmm. was the one she's performing. It's such a great song, and she just sings it with such passion. You know, and she just sucked into this, you know, atmosphere that she's building. You know. Yep. It's a, it's a good song. She looked good. She sounded good. Um, yeah, and her voice was kind of she was kind of flat in some areas, but I mean that's to be expected. She's in her hometown. Her family's in the audience. You know, dad, grandma. You know, cousins, brothers, sisters, everybody's there, you know, and so, yeah, she's got that pressure to, you know, not only, you know, giving the fans their money's worth, but also showing her family, look what I've done with myself. Yeah. You know? And I'll say that um, this might sound weird, and I don't know if it's because of Madonna, but I tend to like it when people go off key a little bit. Only because yeah. I feel like it shows their emotion. Right. They're they're feeling the song. They're mm-hmm. kind of not really thinking about being perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I think it shows a little bit more vulnerability. Um, especially when, you know, it's only for a second and they bring it right back. And I think that's mm-hmm. what she did throughout the song. There are moments when you know, maybe she was a little bit too far away from the monitors and her ear didn't line up right. Um, or, you know, it, it's just the emotion she's feeling while she's just standing there singing this ballad. But um, I thought it was, I, I don't know. I, I like this performance. 
I would say, because she's only performed this song one other time during the reinvention tour. Um, yes. Which I would probably say is my favorite performance is from the reinvention tour because I like the music treatment on it. Um, and plus, mm-hmm. she hadn't sung the song since <laughs> the Virgin that Tour. Was when. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I'd probably say reinvention tour is a better performance for me. But as in the context of this tour, I think it was perfect because it was her only ballad. Yeah, it was. It was her only ballad and produced for her to kind of get a breather after, you know, the first handful of songs. Um, and me personally, I, I do love this performance of that song just because of how much passion and, and uh, feeling and emotion she, you know, emitted from her life mm-hmm. and performed it. It was just it really, like I said earlier, it really draws you in. It's like you and her are the only two people in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and she's got, she's the only one that, that's got the power to make me feel like that. So, you know, and I know I'm probably not alone in saying that. So that to me, it's kind of an intimate you know, part of the show for me. Probably for a lot of others too. Yeah. Um, so, definitely good. I'm going to let you talk more about this next one because I know it's a favorite track of yours over and over. Of course. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I love the song over and over because, you know, as much as she's been through in her life, she's, you know, she never allows herself, what did she say, longer than 24 hours to wallow in self-pity and misery. So she's always, you know, getting up, and, you know, over and over, just being that ambitious you know, fire sign that she's born to be. Um, and it really just, it inspires me uh, to keep going when I don't feel like keep, like going anymore. So even after all these years, it still, it still resonates for me. Um, but as far as the performance uh, on the tour, um, just, I, I really like how they just, you know, she did the go-go dancing on it. It really looked good. And, yeah, the costume was right for the song. Um, it wasn't anything to write home about, um, as far as performance-wise, you know, but like the song itself, right, gives me life. <laughs> so. Well, I love that that song still inspires you and that it has that kind of impact on you. Um, it does, and I I love that. I I didn't really realize this until I rewatched it. How much kind of. Um, go-go dancing she was doing like with the pony and everything like that yep. I kind of she kind of changed the it. perspective of the song for me where it felt more of like a doo-wop song than just mm-hmm. the regular yeah. jive like of the, the, the over and over the, song that we hear on like, yeah more like a, a 60s pop yeah feel to it yeah you know like um you know flowers in the hair type stuff and she brought the tambourine cool. back she did so i think it was those two uh over and over and you know um into the girl where she uses the tambourines i think it's a really good performance piece it fit at that period of time for those songs you know yeah and then in the concert film which i what i like about this and i'm sure they did some um times where they did some uh, filler shots where they could get better close-ups of her uh, because there's this one shot at the end of the song where her and her dancers are raising the tambourines in the air and the camera kind of like flies over her, pans over her um, mm-hmm. in this very kind of dramatic shot. And I thought it was, I thought like, oh my God, I really like this. 
Yeah, the director did a pretty good job. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, filming aspect of it, of putting a little bit of drama into it. It was mm -hmm. actually nice. It wasn't just, here it is, you know. It was more like, we're going to make this a little more creative, you know. Yeah. So I think it did a good job. And then from there, she goes into Burning Up, which is not part of the concert film, unfortunately. Um, again, a single, but not shown. Um, and if you see some of the performance or even hear it, I don't know, it sounds like a good performance. I don't know if it's because they felt Gambler already fit that kind of rock song requirement for this concert and then decided well, we're just not going to put in. But I also felt like it was a good bookend because she opened up that this part of the show with Gambler um, with the outfit she's wearing and everything. And then she kind of closed it with burning up, which was kind of like bookending this, this rock section of the, the concert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's known for doing that. I mean, we've seen this well for tours. So yeah, she's always got them in sections. You know, yep. like this is the, the Nancy Terry party girl section. And here's the 80s record chick section. You know what I mean? Yep. And and so it's just like, you know, like they said, it's cathartic. You have to you have to take that journey. So, so it's like get on this train in the beginning. Yeah. And I noticed hot. that too was like um exactly. That's cathartic. It's very cathartic. Um, <laughs> yep, it's me growing up so, on stage. Yep, she's growing up on stage. Then we get into the finale part of the show. You know, she goes off stage. Um, and then when she comes back, she does two, f uh, I guess I consider them finale songs, but of course they're part of the show. Um, like a Virgin, which... And if you really squint, you can see Christopher's hand holding the curtain open. Oh, really? Now I'm going to have to go back and rewatch. I think, I think that that was his hand because he wears that ring, you know? Oh, right, right. Because um, on the... On the the home video the concert room. is where they're she sh they show her going backstage and changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's changing and putting lipstick on and everything. And he's holding the curtain open for her when she comes out. After she's got like this look on her face, like he fucked up on something. Ah. it's funny. Um, what I love about this performance is that she integrates Michael Jackson's "Billie Jean." Oh yeah, yeah. And I thought it was very everything about because it was you know around the time when the top people at the time were like Madonna, Michael Jackson, Prince, Prince. and like Bruce Springsteen. Like those are the people, those were right. the top tier of entertainers at that time. Um, so I thought it was very fitting and very for her to like pay homage to Michael Jackson at this point in time. Oh, totally. And, and I'm just going to say this, everything about this performance is perfect. Yeah. From the hair, makeup, costumes, dancers, her singing to the Billy Jean homage, absolutely perfect. And it's, uh, they also used this as a video on MTV as well. Like sometimes they would show yes. this as a, a video. Um, and, and how it differs from when she gave that performance on the MTV is like so different, where I think the, VMA performance was more of this is my first time doing this song and I sort of mm -hmm. don't know what I'm doing to her now owning what what she did yeah, there and yeah. making it a little bit better. Also, one of the things to note out, I remember on the VMA performance, 
when she says, can't you feel my heartbeat? She held the mic up to her chest as if we're going to hear her heartbeat, which we didn't. Right, so <laughs> um, but, on the, but on the, but on the Virgin tour, she bangs on the mic to, to mm-hmm. simulate a, a heartbeat, which I thought was great. Hey, yeah. you learned your lesson. We can't, we can't hear your heart by you right. holding the mic up to your chest <laughs> when there's all the I just butter. think she does a lot of that stuff in the moment. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of she's just a passionate person that she just does certain things, you know. Like I've, all the tours that I've seen, you know, videos, things like that, I just notice certain things at certain times. Like she does change it up a bit, and it's kind of like she just does whatever comes to her mind at that moment, what she's feeling. So, right. Um, but like the, the like version, wasn't that when that guy ran on the stage? Yeah, 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 yeah. And a security whisked him off. Now, do you I think that, that was set up? Or not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I certainly I not a was. certainly not a deeper and deeper girly show moment where it was one of the dancers. Right. But <laughs> is it something um, where you know it just made for a better performance? It I certainly think I read did. But that the director had said that he decided to leave that in just to to build on her popularity mm. like, oh my god you know everybody wants to touch her she's just so famous well, of course um, I would so have left it may have very yeah it may, very well may have been um, just something that happened he got past a security guy ever jumped up there but I don't know I just love how she nonchalantly just looks at him turns around and keeps performing it's just like you know <laughs> like nothing <laughs> happens I'm like all right you know, when she's got, she had plenty of experience in dancing at that point to, you know, to know how to react to something like that. Yeah. You don't, you know, um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And so she closes the show with Material Girl. Um, Material Girl. I, well, I'm not a huge fan of the song anyway. Oh. Uh, and I don't think it was a high point for me leaving. So, you know, um, <laughs> Oh, let me say that again. It wasn't a high point for me of the concert for her to end the show like this. So, you know, like um, it was high energy the entire time. And, you know, like there's always moments where people are like, I need to use the bathroom or I need to go get a drink. Yeah. To me, it would be this You do that song. during the slow song. Well, right. But not during Crazy for back. You. But to right. me, this for me, it would be this song. It would be Material Girl. But since it's the last song, I'd be leaving. Um, but I would not. I would never do that. Like, I would never. I never use the bathroom at concerts. I, I hold it until um, I leave. And if I get a UTI, oh, then, so be it. <laughs> it would be worth I'm it. Not on that. Thank you. I've never, no, I've never left a concert to go to the bathroom or to like get a drink or anything like that. I yeah. would never do that. I'd be like, you better get it yeah, all out for like- the show. Cause... Exactly, and I don't even remember. I don't even think I get anything to drink at the at concerts at the shows. I don't. Ever yeah, I typically don't get either. anything to drink, so I'm not. So I don't have to. You know, I try to plan out food. everything. How everything's going to happen It's like, yeah, we're going to need to eat at this time, so we can show up at this time. Right, but then um, you run into things like her taking an extra two, three hours to come on the stage, and you weren't planning on that, so now you're pissed because you're hangry. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that because I've got some very. I know, like. When I was at the uh, Rebel Heart tour, there's two guys next to me who've never been to a dance show before. It was their first time. They were a couple. They were so sweet, so funny. 
and then like they were starting to get irritated because they were like she's supposed to be on stage by now and i'm like well you know it's madonna and they're like we've never been to a show before and i'm like she you know she's ready when she's ready so you know it could be three o'clock in the morning before she comes up <laughs> i feel like they need to put those disclaimers yeah. on the tickets or send out emails hey listen this is madonna she does what she wants be prepared to wants. not go home tonight so you better find a babysitter <laughs> Overnight, you better prepare so to find a pet to, sitter. They need to put on those tickets. You you basically they need to plan put on those tickets. weekend. Okay, <laughs> this is Madonna. She does what she wants when she wants. Just as Pepsi. Oh, um. Well, she closes out the show by saying, "Like, do you think I'm a material girl? Yeah. Take all this stuff." And she's kind of um. Disrobing, but not really, not getting undressed, but like taking off her mink stole and taking off her gloves and jewelry and stuff. Um, And then she, is this where she throws out fake money into the audience? Um, Oh, one thing I didn't mention is in Like a Virgin on the home video release, there's a a shot Mm -hmm. where they show balloons falling down. Um, That actually happens earlier in the show during Angel. So, we know that Angel has been filmed oh, because they filmed those balloons coming down. Um, so the footage exists. It's probably somewhere in some warehouse that no one unlabeled film footage somewhere. Um, I hope it sees the light yeah. of day one day. Um, but sorry, back to Material Girl. Uh, her dad comes out on stage and they have this overdub yeah, saying, Donna, get off the stage at this so moment. Cool. I- um it's a kind of like cute yeah so they for the detroit show they had of course had her real father come out there but on other dates of the tour they still did this but they used like a stand-in like fake dad um well because you can kind of tell because that voiceover that's not that's not tony's voice um because you know like we've heard him talk and it's not a nothing like him but um, yeah, I mean, I've, that's how I the show ended. Material Girl for its ironic references. Um, I love it for her sense of yeah. humor. It's very dry. You have to actually have a breathe uh, between your ears to understand it at all. So it's kind of like I kind of pick up on those little things. And it's kind of like endearing to me. But in all honesty, like when she does the cute, innocent little girl act, it's just it's not my cup of tea. You know, because. I mean, I know that she's not, she's just playing, but it's just like, I, I like the bad girl. I don't want to that innocent. I do everything you say, type of girl. You know, very submissive, you know. But, you know, it fit yeah. for that part of the show because she was bringing her dad out. So she was being cute, daddy's little innocent angel girl. And, you know, so it was it was ambiguous. It was nice. It, it, it was nice. But to end the tour like that, I mean, the, the show like that, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> um, and then the outro to the the kind of the home video concert film um, kind of goes back to that forties fifties Madonna where she looks beautiful and she starts talking about. She looks so good in period clothes. Yeah, like you know, anytime I see her in period clothes, like in the forties or you know fifties, it's just yeah, she just. She's stunning. And she, I can't recall what she's talking. Is she talking about going on stage, going on tour? 
I feel like she's talking about something that's relevant to the concert. Um, and I remember there was like a mosquito going around and she was trying to kill it. And then yeah. she just goes into this laughter that continues throughout all of the credits. So yeah, her, her laugh is so infectious. <laughs> it's just so cute and adorable. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. She, that's just her, her sense of humor. She, she you know, she's, she's just very, you know, she just doesn't care. You know, she's very open about, you know, joking around and, and being funny and trying to get a laugh out of people. And I think that's why she does it. Mm-hmm. You know, just to get a rise out of people. Like, oh, how are you going to react if I do this? You know, yep. pushing buttons. She's probably done that since the day she was born. So that's not something that's ever going to go away. <laughs> and I think, like, um, so after this point in time, uh, I, this is when she gets married after this, right? She gets married after the tour? Yeah, she got married. Yeah, she got married. I think the tour ended, what, June? Somewhere around there. So, yeah. She did the Live Aid, right? Then right. She got married. Wait, did she or do Live she Aid first, or she do? I don't remember. Or did she get married? Well, she got married on her birthday that year. Oh, okay. So it was after Live Aid because Live Aid was in July. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that Live Aid, right you actually, this is our, this is kind of where we kind of see a different Madonna a little bit because now she's got different colored hair. Um, she was yeah. a bit different, but she still gives the the same performance, like the great performance of um, she does mm-hmm. uh, Holiday into the Groove. And then she does Love Makes the World Go Round, which I talk about mm-hmm. in the True Blue episode. So I'm not going to jump the gun on that. But we can talk about Holiday and Into the Groove. And I think she came back on stage to sing um, with the Thompson Twins. Uh, oh, did yeah. They sing, yeah. What did they sing? She got the, uh, they sang a Beatles song, right? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I, for, I forget what song she did with the Thompson Twins, but I, I thought it was a, a Beatles song. Yeah. I just remember that isn't that where she like got snubbed for not doing the other world? Was that then? When she got what? Because she didn't join them. Remember? Oh. When she didn't get asked, yes. she got snubbed. She to she, not she didn't get to sing on We Are, the, we world. are the World. Yeah. She got uh, snubbed for that, and I think weren't didn't they perform that song uh, at the Live Aid and she didn't sing? Yeah. You know, she didn't sing with them because she wasn't. She wasn't asked, asked to be asked part of it. Sing. You know, yeah, asked to be a part of it, so it's kind of like F you, you know, <laughs> F you world I hunger. Her. I don't blame her. I mean, like, you know, how are you gonna judge people like that? You know, just oh, no, we don't want her to be on, on this because, yeah, her sexuality or whatever it is she does in her video. I know, you know how judgmental. I mean, come on, they had Dan Aykroyd singing for Christ's sake, they can't throw Madonna in there. <laughs> Dan fucking Aykroyd. Well, um. That concludes Virgin, yeah. the Virgin Tour Live. I'm going to ask you if you have anything else to say. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to talk about about this tour. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I was telling you earlier, I I watch it on YouTube at least two or three times a week. Um, you know, and yeah, it's it's still it's still got a soft place in my heart because you know, like when they released the, I think the VHS released was in November of '85, so it was released that winter or fall um mm-hmm. and i just remember i'd never actually owned it but i just remember like the video store on the corner had it 
and I would always ask my mom, you know, when she would go get some movies, to get that, you know, uh, get the version to us I could watch it. And she must have done that like once a week for me, so that was kind of cool. But that's that's a pretty good memory that I have. You know, yeah, when you told me when you told me you've never owned it, I kind of felt sad because <laughs> I went yeah. through a period of time um, when I became because I didn't become a fan until um, like a prayer. Oh yeah. Uh, so kind of that uh, those following years is so when I started like requesting things on my Christmas list. Oh, and, like, I, I see. So you went, back, I went, you went back in that period of time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Revisited Absolutely. everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do that so, a lot too. Like, I I um I just remember getting the Virgin tour. I of course rented it at the mm-hmm. video store a couple of times, but I was like, oh, I want my own copy. <laughs> so um I just I remember watching it, popping in the videotape, and seeing that Warner Brother Warner Music mm-hmm. um animated Dancing Man. <laughs> um, but that was always my favorite yeah, so part. That was your part. Popping in a Madonna video, yeah. It's like, oh, is this Madonna? <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And I just, I never, I don't know. I think I was just young enough uh, during that what that actual like time period in history where it just didn't click in my mind that I could own that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we just had mom rent it all the time. Pizza and. Order a pizza and watch a Madonna concert on a Friday night. I still do that now. <laughs> I still do that. As you should. Especially with being as you should. And stuff. Yeah, I know. Um, with the announcement of this Madame Max, um, I have a, a DJ Joey has said like, hey, we need to do like viewing parties of all the tours. Oh, yeah. And so cool. our goal is to do that, but we don't have a date yet. Um, okay. Set for. Well, be interested. Yeah, that would be fun. I. Um, yeah, because everybody's everybody's going to see something different and comment on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's going to pick up on something that you know, and it's funny because like I was just watching the Bonnie Vision uh, tour from Barcelona the other day, and I picked up on things I never picked up on before. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you constantly, I'm constantly rediscovering the Donna. Like every day, you know, it's like I've been a fan for over 30 years or whatever it's been now. And, you know, and it just seems like I'm always finding something else, even from the old stuff. You know what I rediscovered during Blonde Ambition Tour when I watched it? I would say probably in the the more recent years. I'm not going to include this on our episode, but um, Mm -hmm. so Luis Conte, the percussionist. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, during now I'm following you. They lip sync it, right? But he is back there playing yes. percussion on all the, adding all these like little extra elements. Oh, okay. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. wow, because they didn't have to do that, right? They could have just played the track, and no, they didn't. That could have been just how... that could have been the end of it, right? But like he's he's back there. He's like playing maracas. He's like. Tapping on that's, things and oh yeah, class, and, uh, and that's and, that's what's so great about like Madonna is like her, like her vibe, like her live performances and things like that are so she's got such an uh, um, attention to detail that you know she wants that extra stuff put in there because it sounds better and it, it flows better. You know, it's just not oh here I am I'm performing this song. It's right. I'm going to make you. You know, taking on this journey with me, you're going to experience everything, uh, and maybe some things in your life you've never experienced. 
Well, on a final note for the Virgin Tour, I'll have to ask you, where does this fall for you in terms of the tour, uh, of this tour compared to yeah. other tours? Overall, like, what, where would it fall as far as, like, um, you know, what's what's number one for you and where does this fall? Number one tour for me, personally, would be the Bond Ambition Tour, um, just because, you know, not only did I get to experience it, you know, firsthand, but it, it just, like, it had such an impact on me. I was just at the right place at the right time, the right age. Right. You know, where I was going yep. to turn into a teenager soon. And I was at that point where I was questioning authority. I was questioning religion. I was questioning my own sexuality. So it kind of just... It's got a whole, when I think of that tour, it just, I got a whole lot of love for it. So that's number one. Um, where does the Virgin Tour fit into like my top five? I would probably have to say like number three. So it's number number three? three? Number three. Yep. Nice. Definitely. Um, it's a great tour. It really is. I mean, the only thing, the only problem I have with the Virgin Tour is it just wasn't long enough. Yeah. You know, and that could be because of, you know, they were only making it a 60-minute piece. I don't know yeah. when they cut out all those other songs. But it's just, for me, I wanted it to keep going on and on and on. Like, uh, who's that girl with you? And, you know, and, and the Bond Edition tour just seemed like it kept going on and on. And it was like, you know, you're praying this, the night's not going to end. You know, so right. that's the only problem I have with the virtual tour. Yeah, and even, even like, the full show is only, like, an hour and 15 minutes. So yeah. it's still a relatively short tour compared to the, the ones that came after that. I think for me, the Virgin Tour probably is number five for me. It's still in the top five. So out of 11, it's number five, which I still think one yeah, is yeah. going to be my number one, even though I've, yeah. I never saw it live. But well, I never saw a Virgin Tour live either. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think um, there's some other tours that kind of sit with me more just because when I became a fan and Blonde Ambition, Girly mm-hmm. Show, Reinvention, um, and what did I, what would I say is my number four? I'd probably say Chow It's like, you know, the, the Who's That Girl tour, Chow just Chow because Chow I like Chow. the musical arrangements and I Who's That just, Girl. I but love that, that Chow Italia though. Oh yeah. It was, you know, she was just so free. Like she, and I think it had a lot to do with, you know, she was in Italy, her ancestral, you know, country. Mm-hmm. She got to meet her grandmother's, you know, sister. She got to meet her cousins. She was just feeling the love, and you could definitely see that um, on the uh, excuse me, on that child Italia um, yeah. DVD or whatever it is. You can really see that. I mean, she's just totally playing with the crowd and teasing them. She's really having a great time. So and I plus, she, totally I think, at this time, she embraced her superstardom. Like you yeah. know, coming up to through the Virgin era, that's where she was testing out i don't want to say testing out the water she knew she was a star during the virgin tour era um i think but you know going from the virgin era to the true blue era you know with true blue being her biggest selling record and now she's going on a worldwide tour and she's not she's not selling out arenas anymore she's selling out stadiums of upwards of over you know thirty thousand people um so it's like there was there was a different energy there she was just reaching the peak, you know, of the summit at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think um, that was even very... Even Nikki Harris said something along the lines of at that period in time, 
you know, she was just, she was going to be huge really then. So she hadn't reached, you know, the top yet, but she was pretty damn close. Mia, um, I've heard it said during this tour is when she went to Who's a Girl Tour, was when she kind of like started uh, acting more, uh, you know, diva-like. Diva-ish, um, yeah. Yeah, I and she, she um, you know, would, would make them hold a sheet around her so nobody could see she walked by or did whatever. And it's funny because I, I had actually talked to a, a security guard a few years ago that was at the, um, the MDNA uh, stop yeah, in St. Paul. And he was telling me that, yeah, they, they held up, like, because she, they said something about they held up the sheet so that she could do whatever. And I'm just like, she still does that? That's true. <laughs> you because, know, you know, you hear rumors and you read the unauthorized biographies and you're like, okay, maybe it's true or maybe they're just embellishing to sell their, you know, to sell their, their book, you know, by saying she's such a bitch, right? But yeah, she, I could tell you out there, people, that she actually, did do that, it, it, but he said to them, you know, show that. Well, I think she's also protecting herself too. Um, you know, people have cameras out now or have their phones with them now, and so I'm sure she doesn't trust. She doesn't want like random backstage photos taken of her. So I can understand why there. She wants like, to hey, be in, in control. You know, yeah. you can see me when I want you to see me. Exactly. But yeah, I would have to say for me, my top five tours. Blind Ambition Tour, um, then The Girly Show, uh, Virgin Tour, um, Who's That Girl Tour, and my fifth one, I would probably say Confessions. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I love Confessions. And I didn't, I was in the Army then, so I didn't get to see, you know, go to her, her concerts and stuff. I didn't get to see, you know, uh, the Confessions Tour, Reinvention Tour. You know, so uh, I would say I've seen them on video or whatever, but I wasn't able to go. Well, thank you for your service during that time and, you know, making sacrifices. Yeah, Um, thank you. In addition to making sacrifice for not getting to see Madonna, but, you know, (laughs) making sacrifice for our country. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining me again and um i hope people get something out of this or at least maybe want to go watch the virgin tour um if they haven't or watch it again if they haven't seen it in a while definitely definitely thank you so much for having me Wayne. it was a pleasure talking to you about our favorite girl of course um and yeah i mean i would highly recommend it to all of your listeners you know, if you guys are, are stuck in, in one period in Ghana history, take a look back to their first tour. You know, I check it out on YouTube and just, you know, live the moment that, that first tour, and especially in your hometown, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, it's less than an hour long because they cut out right, songs, well, so <laughs> it's not taking up too much of your time, folks. Go out and, right, go right. Out and watch it. <laughs> You'll get another hour back in your life sometime. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope to have you on future episodes. Um, oh, I'd be, I'd be more than happy to. We'll have some more stuff to talk about. So until then, Thanks. so long. So long. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.